I kind of want to roll my sleeves up. That'd be all right. Yeah. I don't know why. I just, I just, I just got a kind of a sense that something's bubbling, that there's like a skin on the custard, and the Holy Spirit just wants to pull that skin off. I think there's a, a little volcano brewing. <laughs> you ready for that? Yeah, we just want more of Jesus, don't we? We want more of him, more of his wonder, more of his glory, more, no, more of his glory, more of his presence. He's the wonderful one. He's the glorious one. He's the amazing one. It's all about Jesus. He's the one we've been singing about. He's the one that died on the cross. He's the one who's incomparable with anything. He's the divinity. He's the son of God. He's the Lord. He's the king. And we're going to be talking a lot about him this morning, which is good news. And then I trust that we're going to encounter him through the word at the end. When we go home this afternoon, when you're watching the FA Cup this afternoon, no? When you're making Sunday lunch and those lovely visitors are coming. I don't think I've got time to look at it. Anyway, let's be disciplined. <laughs> We're on our series, What Makes Us Human or What It Is To Be Human. This is number three. We've already had two. We had Steve who came on the first week and he spoke to us about being the, the human and how we are uh, designed and we're made in the image of God. And then Barry last week, I mean, anyone still getting through the Kleenex, just reading Psalm 139? Who's been studying Psalm 139 with every eye closed this week? Yeah? And if you're listening to this on the internet, can I encourage you to turn me off and go back and listen to Steve and Barry, because it's so foundational what's already been said. You know, this is an important series, and I've been very stirred as we've been preparing for months now, haven't we, on this series? And uh, as I said, we're looking at what makes us human, and today we're doing the subject of being dependent. There's three uh, small headings that I want us to look at. Firstly, as humans, we have limitations. Secondly, as humans, we're created to be communal. And thirdly, as humans... We are utterly dependent on God. Shall we pray? Father God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we magnify you. Lord Jesus, I have my script and my plan for this next half an hour, but Lord Jesus, you also have a plan. You also have truth that you want to impart, things that you want to do. Lord Jesus, we take the risk of saying we are open to you, to what you want to do in our hearts in this time together. That the name of Jesus would be better known in our hearts and better known out in that world. Amen. So as humans, we have limitations. Now, the first three or four minutes are going to be a bit of a downer. Okay? It'll be a bit negative, so don't get, don't get too down. But uh, we are limited in lifespan. Do I hear a hallelujah? Hooray! We're limited with our health. Now, I know that no one in this room has ever experienced poor health. <laughs> we experience sickness. We experience weakness. We experience loss. 
Hold on to your hats, but everybody is going to die. Whether you're Stalin or Mother Teresa, you will die. Death is no respecter of persons. I've worked, I've worked um, with retired people for probably about 14 years, and I've seen some of the struggles and some of the difficulties that, that they've gone through with their health. But the scary thing is when you yourself are sitting in that drafty hospital corridor waiting for the results, and all you can hear is the wheels of beds at the end of the corridor, the dropping of a colostomy bag at the other end of the corridor, and you're just sitting there feeling very vulnerable. Our strength starts to flag. And I've been shocked over the last two years how my strength has flagged. Julia and I, we've just got to get stronger glasses. Hallelujah. Don't even talk about my teeth. I weep sometimes because of the problems I'm having with my teeth. We have limitations. We are restricted. As humans, we need to recuperate, don't we? We need to rest. And we see so many people who are stressed out and sick because they don't take that time to rest and recuperate. We also become distracted. How many of you this morning sat down at 4 a.m. You know, for your prayer time? I had a bit of a line this morning. You sit down with your Bible to read your Bible, and you think, I'm sure we're out of milk. I haven't watered that plant. I know mm, at church doesn't like me because they looked at me funny last week. And you're going, Lord, I want to come before you. I want to read your word. I want to pray. But we get distracted, don't we? Just, just have a little notepad by your Bible and just write milk, so-and-so, so-and-so. But what does the Bible say? In Job 14.5, it says, Since his days are determined and the numbers of his months is with you, you have appointed his limits that he cannot pass. Our days are in the hands of God. That is a bit of very good news. We have healthy living, don't we? Organic food, Jamie Oliver telling us how to eat better and so forth. Exercise regimes. But unless Jesus comes again, we're all going to die. <laughs> Dad's army film comes out soon, doesn't it? What's it Private Fraser used to say? We're all doomed. <laughs> Here's some good news. Just a little snippet of good news before we get into the meat of things. 2 Corinthians 4:16 says this. We do not lose heart, though the outer self is wasting away. Our inner self is being renewed day by day. Hallelujah. We were out there praying before the service about four weeks ago, and John prayed that. And I was in so much trouble with my teeth. And it was really breaking my heart. I was, I was really, and I didn't want to make a big thing of it and ask for prayer and be trouble. And when John said that, he doesn't even know this, it just ministered to me, yeah, this might be falling apart, but our spirits can blossom and grow and develop with God. Oh, isn't that great? Isn't it great getting to know him better? Let's do the most important thing. Let's open these books or get your phones out with your Bible on. Let's look at Genesis chapter 1 and verse... 26 to 28. Steve carried this, covered this, see I told you it was the teeth, covered this fully a couple of weeks ago. Let's just have another quick, quick brief look at it. Then God said, let us, 
Make man in our image and in our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. Isn't it wonderful knowing that we're created and that God blesses us? Humans are created to be communal. Now, if, if, we're, if we're created in the image of God and we want to know he, who we are, then I believe we need to look at who God is so that we can know who we are. The danger when we come before God, even in times of worship, I can focus it all on me and my rubbish week rather than looking at him and how glorious and wonderful he is. Then God in his pastoral heart will apply and help us in the difficulties that we face. We need to look at him first. As humans, as mankind, we are communal rather than lots of individuals. And the reason we're communal is it because it reflects the three-personness character of the Godhead. There's a book by a man called Daryl Johnson. It's called Experiencing the Trinity, talking about God in three persons. He says this, At the center of the universe is a relationship. At the center of the universe is a community. It is out of relationship that you and I were created and redeemed. It is the deepest mystery that God in his being is an intimate relationship. He is God the Father. Shout them out. He is Jesus and he is God. Very good. God in fellowship, three persons, a God, a community of perfect love. In, in, uh, John, 1, in John 1, chapter uh, verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, some of the interpretations, I'm not talking about the dodgy ones now, some of the um, translations or interpretations of, of the Word was with God, is it means towardness. It, it was, God was towardness. The word of God, Jesus, was towardness, God. It speaks about a relationship. It talks about, it shows a kind of a picture of community. It's very hard to describe God because he is a mystery. <laughs> He's greater than the mountains. He's more than faithful. He's more than merciful. We, we can't put it into words. But he is a towardsness relationship. God in his very being is relational. And we are made in his image. So that means relationship and community with our fellow man. <clears throat> we sung the first verse of that great hymn last week, didn't we? Holy, holy, holy. Should we sing it again? Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty early in the morning 
my song shall rise to thee. Holy, 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 merciful and mighty, God in three persons, blessed Trinity. <clears throat> Isn't he wonderful? He's so holy. Our God is incomprehensible. He is majestic. He is holy. He is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. My friends, we do not serve a lonely God who needed humans to commune and love him. <clears throat> Big subject which I'll happily talk about when that's not on tape. <clears throat> he is not a lonely God. Our God, in his persons, is oneness, having been in a perfect relationship of love and oneness for all eternity, as, as eternity as we can understand it, and beyond whatever is beyond and before whatever is before, from everlasting to everlasting, he is God. But it's out of his great love out of his desire to share that relationship with, with us, that God created man in his own image, created us in an us image. I do apologize to people taking notes because you haven't got a chance today, really. <laughs> Towardness, withness, usness, incomprehensible. <laughs> so I believe as humans, we function much better when we function in community, and when we function with one another, simply than, the, than being alone. The Bible tells us that the church is the body of Christ, and that at his coming, the saved, us as, we won't be a bunch of saved individuals, we're going to be the bride of Christ. So it's a lot of good news. Look at who God is. Focus on who God is. Focus on his oneness, his wonder, his magnificence. But let's get our hands dirty. Let's look at the reality of life as well. There's something called sin. It's messed things up. It's broken the relationship. Me going my own selfish way. It's corrupted what God has made at the very beginning. That relationship of the Godhead being reflected in man. It's been broken. We've corrupted it through our sin. We were created to relate. So it's little wonder that when things like divorce, death, broken relationships, upset in families comes along, it causes so much angst because that's not what we were designed for. We were designed for relationship, not to be alone. Bless you. Now, as a, as a, as a oh, get your hankies out now, this is a sob story time, so well, lots of sympathy, please. But um, as a child, I was very badly bullied at school. I've no idea why. <laughs> yeah, by Malcolm, if I remember rightly. <laughs> oh, 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 yes, oh. Oh, hang on. Oh, I'm a bit short this week. Wear my high heels next week. But yeah, I was bullied at school. It was absolutely rubbish. And then I went to work as a farming student, and I got really badly bullied there. I was bullied by the farmer, the stockman, the student I was, and my landlady bullied me, so... It was just totally miserable. 
But what I did, I worked with the animals, and I loved the animals. I would help, you know, um, birth calves or whatever, and, and I would look after the calves, and I would name them, and, the, and, the, and I would learn all the cows that were coming to milking, and I knew which one came in first. It was D27 followed by D9, and this is not nearly 40 years ago. I mean, 20 years ago. <laughs> and I'd go into the field, and I'd go, come on, girls, and they'd all come. I'd walk around the field, and the cows would be following me. It was absolutely wonderful. I even named one Sabrina after Kate Jackson in Charlie's Angels. There you are. <laughs> How fallen am I? <laughs> but I got my solace, I got my comfort from being with the animals because animals don't answer back like humans do. Now, the bull will attack me and crush me, but at least I knew where I stood, normally in a heap in the corner, actually. But that's where I went for my solace. And I'd have a rotten time. I'd be shouted at, sworn at all day. And I'd go out into the fields and I'd just sit with the cows. And they'd all just sit around me. And I got my solace and I got my comfort from being with animals. I am weird, aren't I? <laughs> you see, when we're hurt and when we're vulnerable, we can seek solace in a lot of different things, can't we? And they can actually draw us away from pursuing where the true comfort and solace is which is from our wonderful God. You know, I wonder where you go for your solace. Shall I do the list with every head bowed? I won't mention the good ones. Where do you go for solace? Alcohol, food, pets, the arms of someone else's spouse. Where do you go? Now, I'm not saying that pets or food are wrong. Please... Please hear me. It is proven that pets, especially with LD, are fantastic companions and really helpful. So I affirm that pets are really, really good. However, we, with anything, food, alcohol, whatever, wherever you stand, a lot of these things themselves are good, but it's the core behind it. Where is my complete solace? Where is my complete satisfaction? Where is my safety point that I have to go to? Is it to the fridge or to Fido? Or is it to the Lord? Um, and to those who are already penning their hate mail to me, just think about that. Just think about that. We were created by a wonderful God who wants to have relationship and fellowship with us. His arms are open wide to us right now. He is our ultimate comfort. He is our ultimate success, uh, acceptance. So as humans, we're dependent. We have our limitations, and we're created to be com communal. The third point. I believe that as humans, as mankind, we are utterly and completely dependent on God. Honestly, from my heart of hearts, I think whether we recognize it or not, we so desperately reliable on our God. Every breath we take, in the words of Sting, Every move I make, yeah. I'm watching you. God is putting every breath in our body. If God takes that breath away in 10 minutes' time, I won't be here. I really believe he holds all things together by the power of his word. You wake up in the morning, draw back the curtains, there's your road, there's next door's car, there's next door's cat, who you invite in to spend the day with. 
But this whole world, everything is held together by the power of his word. And it doesn't make praying about things easier when you realize where the starting point is. Not my need, but his greatness and his overallness. Paul was in Athens. The Apostle Paul was in Athens. He went to a place called Mars Hill. And on Mars Hill, they had all of these statues and altars to all these various gods and, and deities of the time. And we, most of us know the story. Paul went round and he found this altar. And it said on it, to an, un, to an unknown God. And what does Paul do? He looks at it. He doesn't bind the spirit of all these other demons and stuff. He just says, let me tell you a little bit about this. Let me tell you about an unknown God. Let me tell you about him. I believe his name is Jesus. And then he says these amazing things. In Acts 17, 28, he says, In him we live and move and have our being. Remember Downs? In him I live and move and have. That's great. But actually he's not saying it to Christians. I believe we do as Christians in him live and move and have our being. But also, I believe, from the scripture, it's, it's Paul is saying, you're not saved, but in him, you live and move and have your being. Even those people were created by God for a relationship with God, even though they were worshipping, we believe, the wrong gods. I'm walking a long way today. It's part of my five a day. Just <laughs> You see, today, you might not be a Christian, but you have an inkling. Well, I, oh, God, yeah, I think there might be something about God, or I really love nature, or I think it's really important to do good and help the elderly and help the sick, and I want to do good for people, and I kind of know there's more. And that's really good. That's a very good place to start, as Julie Andrews said. But I believe Paul is saying, guys, look, there is a Trinitarian God, a Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the God of the heavens. And it's in him you live, and in him you move, and in him you have your being. Not in all these gods that are fighting and arguing and causing mayhem. If you're not a Christian, I, I, I believe today that Joe's not here. She'd laugh if I said this now. But I believe there's, there's like a tiny fragment of truth that God can drop into your heart today. And he said, in him you live and move and have your being. Yes, that was rubbish. Yes, your upbringing was rubbish. Yes, your marriage was rubbish. Yes, your finances are rubbish. But listen, in him you live and move and have your being. You can relate to him. His name's Jesus. He's the harbour. He's the sanctuary. He's the home that you've been seeking. I believe his arms are open to you today. Just take that fragment of truth and just say, God, if you're real, like speak to me, show me more, develop that. As humans, we are dependent on God. Now, Jesus came, sent from the Father, totally man, totally God. Not half and half, he was totally man, totally God. Complete mystery, but it's the truth, I believe. And Jesus walked on this earth as a man, and what did he do? Did he independently get on? <whistles> Healing, blessing. Oh, woman at the well. Yeah, have a bit of truth. What did Jesus do? He depended utterly and completely on his Father and completely on the Holy Spirit of God. 
The Bible, very important book, says this in John 5:19. This is Jesus, our lovely Jesus, speaking in red to his people. Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing. Jesus can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. Want to break into praying for the sick? Spend some time getting to know Jesus. Spend some time with the Father. See what the Father says. John 5.30, Jesus again, I can do nothing on my own. It's Jesus speaking. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just, because I seek not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. John again, John, no time to look at it, but John 15, we get Jesus talking about the vine, the Father, I'm the vine, my, my Father is the vine dresser. It's all talking about being connected. Not, I'm the vine and one day in glory I'll talk to God about it. No, we are connected. John 14, 26. It's such a lovely, lovely scripture. John 14, chapter 26 and 27. It says this. Jesus again speaking. The helper... The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Why can the Holy Spirit do that? Because he is completely, totally, and utterly God. Isn't that amazing? What does Jesus go on to say? He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you, let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Singing earlier about, you know, when my poor heart is afraid. We do get afraid, don't we? Fear's a big thing for me, we're still working on it. But he says, my peace I leave with you. It's so important to know who the source is. We just had the scripture, well, my peace I leave with you, but who's the my peace? Who's the my who is the one who is delivering the peace? Or is it just me going, Lord, I'm in a place of rest, help me. Now, who is he? Have you seen him? Do you know him? Jesus modelled a total dependency on his Father, on the power of the Holy Spirit. So very simply, how much more should I, how much more should we ask the Holy Spirit for his anointing, his guidance, his solace and his help? Again, we've sung it today, we've sung a lot of scriptural stuff today, which is good, and we heard it as, as well from Maureen. Jesus died on the cross, fact. He was buried, fact. He was raised from the dead, fact. In Acts chapter 1, it says he ascended to heaven. And just before he ascended, he said, in Acts 1, verse 8, he said, Absolutely, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you'll be my witnesses. About 30 years ago, Julie and I went to a Christian hotel. There was a Christian weekend there 
And they were meditating on this verse. And you will receive power, and you will be my witnesses. <laughs> Sorry? We sat at the back, and I thought, you'll receive power and a big pot of tippex. No, we will receive power when he sends his Holy Spirit upon us. Now, as I bored you with many times before, I had a very exciting baptism in the Holy Spirit. It was quite kind of, oh boy. (laughs) So a very immature, very young man filled with the Spirit. And all I was doing was asking, God, give us miracles. God, give us manifestations. God, give us power. My intentions were right, but I was seeing the Holy Spirit as kind of like, if you're into computers, like an operating system. Right, we've got a nice line of sick people here. Oh, this is exciting. Let's start with the headaches and they can have the wheelchairs, you know. And, and uh, no, I'll start this end, brother. It's fine. But the, the Holy Spirit, he's, he's, not, he's not an action. Even if we're through on the fact he's a person, he's not the one just to sort of do the deed for us. It's a relationship. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, pray for my friend here with these headaches. Holy Spirit, you can minister by the power of God. Not kind of, right, come on down. Holy Spirit, let's see some action. He's a person. If we overemphasize anything in kingdom things, I think it can be unhelpful. Too extreme on this thing and that thing at the expense of other things. And I went too extreme on power of the Holy Spirit, power of the Spirit, anointing thing, and a lot of other stuff went out the window. Now, there are seasons when, like, you know, the Toronto Blessing, there's season when stuff kicks off. But I believe we need that balance across the truth of God's Word and not overemphasize any one specific thing. And that's the challenge that the brothers have who are leading us here, and I think they do it very well. But I was overemphasizing the power of the Spirit, and that was the answer to everything, rather than sometimes just weep with those that weep. Just weep. When you have bad news, do you want someone bobbing and saying, let me pray that Jesus will break into this situation? Or do you want someone to put your arm around you and go, it is rubbish, isn't it? We do love him, but we don't understand. I believe it's about relationship. i going to leave all that. I was just, Steve and I went for a, I was going to say a short walk, but <laughs> wasn't that short? <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, we were just chatting, gen- well, I was just chatting and poor Steve was just listening. And uh, I said something and it kind of came out and then I realised what I'd said. It's from Lamentations 3, 22, 24. Lamentations is after Jeremiah, sort of in the middle. It's a scripture that we know so well. You'll recognize it. We're not going to sing it. Or are we? It just says this. It's good to look at this, but also it's good to read the whole of Lamentations to get the context. So I'm not knocking the context thing here because context is very important. But let's just look at these couple of verses. It said, The steadfast love of the Lord... What ceases? Never. I'm not seeking to be patronizing there. It's not as good to speak it out, isn't it? Never ceases. His mercies, they never come to an end. They are new every morning. 
Isn't that great? Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion. I mean, what does that mean? Isn't that awesome? The Lord is my portion. (laughs) Therefore, I will hope in him. I'm going to leave a lot of that. Steve, do you want to come up, please? Um, I very much believe that if the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases and if his mercies never come to an end, if they're new every morning, wouldn't it be great if we were to receive some new mercies this morning? Is, um, I would say, is anyone up for that? And everyone has to say yes. But just f- for me, myself, as you're saying, say to, say to me, you know, do I believe that God has new mercies for me? And would I like to receive new mercies? You see, I don't believe God provides, this is the thing with, which Steve and I were chatting about, I don't believe that God provides new mercies and they just go to waste. They're for a purpose. He provides, he says, he provides all of our needs. So, I must need them. Most of the time, we're down on ourselves. Oh, things are rubbish and I'm having a hard time, but God's good and that's the main thing. Sometimes, those very rare occasions, I can't remember one, but things are going okay. Then, we also need his mercy. So whether things are ill or good, there are new mercies, not just today with the sweet, nice music, but next Wednesday when the washing machine breaks down. Not prophesying that. <laughs> no, no, no. No, we, we've already had things break and go wrong this morning and stuff. Let me read you a verse, which is this week's memory verse. You've only got to remember the text, the, the verse, where it is, not the verse itself. It's, can you remember, 2, 3, 4, 5. So you just put your fingers up. Two, three, four, five. Two Corinthians, uh, three, verse four and five. It says this: "Such is the confidence we have through Jesus Christ towards God. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, <clears throat> but our sufficiency is from God." Two Corinthians, three, four, five. Such is the confidence that we have through Jesus Christ towards God. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency is in God. Just like to encourage you, if you're able to stand, if you're more comfortable sitting, then then do. But I believe his steadfast love is new this morning. When the, the children of Israel were in the wilderness, there was manna provided. Every day, not on the sixth, seventh day, we know. But God provided fresh every day. New mercies, fresh manna. I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask the Lord to give us the fresh manna that we need individually and corporately. I'm going to pray and say, Father, We're on this journey and only you can satisfy us. I'm going to pray about us, and it's a quote from an old Puritan, about throwing ourselves into the deep sea of the Godhead, being immersed 
by his immensity and his wonder. If you'd like to do that, I'll just pray. And let's just enjoy this together. Father God, we start with you, Lord. I don't come with my need. I come with who you are. You are invisible. You are spirit. You are magnificent. You are omnipresent. You are omniscient. You're in all places at all time, in your fullness and in your magnificence. You are completely uncontainable. You are unbreakable. You are unfathomable. You are glorious. You are beyond the beyond. You are before the before. Before the mountains and foundations of this earth were laid, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You are Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We worship you. We magnify you. God of the Bible, our awesome, magnificent God. Lord, we come this morning. Our utter dependency is on you. Thank you for the strength you give us, the wisdom you give us. Thank you for the insight you give us. But Lord, in all of that, we say we depend on you. We need you, Father God, to guide us in our lives. The plans are in a man's heart, but the Lord orders his steps. Father, I ask for us today, would you give us fresh manna? Father God, would you give us fresh insights into your character? Lord, would you put salt on my tongue and make me thirsty to know more of you, the knowable yet unknowable God? <laughs> Father, may we be satisfied with you and yet dissatisfied and wanting more of you, our awesome, glorious God. Brothers and sisters, go plunge yourself in the Godhead's deepest sea. Be lost in his immensity. And you will come forth as from a couch of rest, refreshed and fully invigorated. Let's just listen to Steve just for a whole minute and you just talk to God.